got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here, and in today's video, we are going to be talking about United States states potentially adopting Bitcoin because there has been a bill put forward in Arizona to potentially make Bitcoin legal tender. We're also going to be looking at the potential state adoption of cryptocurrencies across the United States. We're going to be looking at some fee structures that may be going on alongside cryptocurrency adoption in the state of Florida. We're going to be looking at Texas and the gubernatorial candidates there, and we're also going to be looking at the states of South Dakota and Wyoming and a few other states that are looking at adoption of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in various capacities, and we're going to be coming to the conclusion, is Bitcoin massively undervalued compared to the massive amount of fundamental developments going on in the government adoption space of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? We're also going to be pondering the question, is it a net positive for governments to be adopting Bitcoin and crypto, or is government adoption of Bitcoin and crypto something that actually takes away from the decentralized, self-governing nature of the cryptocurrency industry? We're going to talk about all of that, and of course, as always, do all of our technical analysis on Bitcoin and Ethereum. We're also going to be taking a look at Gala, Theta, and ADA today. Got a lot of TA, a lot of FA, a lot of on-chain to take a look at today, and I cannot wait to jump into it with you. But I am joined, as always, by my illustrious co-host, TA Tim. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing good. Don't have a lot to say in this intro, but I'm ready for the show. Probably my shortest intro ever. There you go. Well, you got a bull on your, on your, on your hoodie, so are we bullish? Maybe. 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 Awkward silence. Okay, well, we're also joined as always by Smay. How you doing, Smay? I'm doing good, and I'll tell you what. I can tell you why Tim's in a bad mood right now. Why is he in a bad mood It's right because now? he made really bad football predictions on Twitter. <laughs> no, listen, uh, I have, and, I'm bad in 50% every and, single week. And bad 50%. So, I'm bad in 50 So with that, I have to say, you know, go Bengals. I'm going to be going for the Bengals <laughs> in the Super go Bowl. Go Bengals? Bengals. Bengals. As in the Bengal Tigers. Listen, bagel? good for them. I didn't think oh, they were going to do it, but good You know, my dad grew up as a kid. He was a Bengals fan. I uh, could really go for it. But as an adult, he ended up becoming a Steelers fan. But um, uh, I have to say, I have to say, guys i have to say today's a good day and you know what the best part of my day is every single day me today looking like a Publix manager um, <laughs> i have to say my favorite part of the day is to get to shout out the members in the chat so i'm just gonna go ahead and go for it here we got uh let's see let's see we got grand roofing incorporated tz we got brad guidel is what he corrected me i'm pretty sure uh mike markle we got win peoples eye of the beholder uh mike markle again agent gold uh and that's who all i'm seeing right now but i love all the members in the chat you guys tune in every day i love you guys and uh next week because guess what? Every other week we're doing the member stream. So last week we did our member stream. Not this week, but next week we're doing another one. And you guys get to hang out. It's a great time. So That Publix manager comment was so funny. I don't know why that was so funny to me. But we're also joined, as always, by Kelly coming in from New York. How are you doing, Kelly? I'm doing excellent. I'm down here in the United States state of New York State. Yeah, that's what mm. I was thinking. I got I to got, I, I say, though, uh, Jeb, you know, I, I feel for you because uh, we, for everybody that is unaware, we, we actually were debating how we even classify that because, you know, do you say United States state? Because if you say United States, that's really the, the entire country, right? So it's a kind of a weird sort of, uh, you know, limerick there almost. But uh, no, I'm doing great. I got my coffee here. I got my, my wife made me a smoothie as well. Uh, we got a lot of stuff uh, to share today. 
And uh, Marcus, just uh, trying to confuse as many people as possible. And we're going to help you be not as confused to understand all the stuff. So let's dive into this. Let's go ahead and dive right on into it, guys. We're going to jump on over to CoinGecko and take a look at the biggest gainers and losers over the last 24 hours. Bitcoin right now trading at $37,360. Ethereum trading just over $2,500. Binance Coin at $375. USD Coin at $1, almost. That's kind of where it belongs. And also Cardano sitting around $1. Cardano is my favorite stable coin lately. You know, that's where I've been parking a lot of my money. But looking at the last 24 hours, we can see that Decentraland and Celsius Network both up 6%. As far as the biggest losers, Pocket Network and Waves down 8.6% and 10.8% respectively. Relatively neutral day. Not a lot going on in the cryptocurrency space as far as big gains and big losses. And I think that actually makes a little bit of sense because if you look at the Bitcoin market, Bitcoin isn't really moving all that much. It's actually in this little bounce after it dropped all the way down to $33,000 back on the 24th of January, and it has been slowly but surely attempting a recovery. Now, we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, but the point I want to make right now is that Bitcoin is trading sideways. And when Bitcoin trades sideways, the rest of the cryptocurrency market sometimes can go into a little bit of a limbo. And I think that's exactly what we are experiencing right now. One thing I do want to remind you, though, because we haven't talked about this since last week is that Bitcoin is actually regaining market dominance. If you look at the last, let's just look at the last three years here. You can see ever since January the 16th, Bitcoin has rallied on market dominance from 39.3% all the way up to about 42% where it sits right now. But you'll notice that market dominance is not actually coming out of Ethereum. It's actually coming from the other category. You can see we've lost cryptocurrency uh, market dominance to the other category, meaning that our altcoins that are outside of the top 10 are losing some of their value as Bitcoin is gaining some of theirs. And the reason I believe that is occurring is because people have lost some confidence in the uptrend. So they're looking for more safe places to put their money. They're looking for more proven strategies, and they're looking for hedges against the rest of the altcoin space, such as Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I think a lot of people that are in the smaller cap altcoins may be getting out of them right now because they're looking to roll back into a more stable portfolio like one that is based in Bitcoin. So that's what I'm seeing right now, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that in the comment section. What we're going to do now is we're going to briefly go ahead and run through some of our different uh, cryptocurrencies, our altcoins. The first one we're going to look at is Gala. Now, if you guys don't know what Gala is, Gala is a gaming cryptocurrency with a bunch of different blockchain games on it. I'll show you here on CoinMarketCap. It's sitting at rank number 66, 1.3 billion with a B, dollar market capitalization, sitting at 18 cents. Now, the reason I think this project is so interesting is because it is one of the leaders in the blockchain gaming space. And another reason why I think it's so interesting, and this is going to be the theme for the three altcoins that we look at today is that it has undergone a major, major corrective movement. It rallied all the way up to 71 cents back in late November, and ever since then, it has dropped all the way down to 18 or 19. And it's been trading sideways around 18 or 19 cents for the last two weeks. We saw it trade sideways around 8 to 9 cents back during September and October, around 10 cents, and now we're seeing it do the same thing just under 20. So I want to ask the question, has Gala found a floor? Because it found a floor back over here. After this drop, could we be finding a floor above 15 cents? Well, I think that might actually be possible, and the reason is is because we had a very substantial drop in the beginning of this year, starting around December 28th of last year, dropping all the way down to 15 cents. We pulled back in the span of just 26 days, 75%, and now it's been trading sideways. Now, I do want to get to Theta, and I do want to get to Ada, but Tim, I want to hear your take on this. Do you think that Gala and some of these blockchain gaming platforms are overvalued compared, uh, considering how underdeveloped the blockchain gaming industry is so far? You said overvalued or undervalued? Do you think Gala 
Gala is overvalued because the blockchain gaming space is underdeveloped. Yeah, I think so. And and the truth is, what we can just go and go to Smay. I've had lots of conversations with Smay uh, about that topic, and he's kind of convinced me. I think that I think the future of blockchain technology with gaming is going to come, but right now, from what I've seen. It's kind of a frustrating world to be in. It's not the greatest setup just yet for those games. But Smay, I, you know, I'd love to hear your take because, again, I've had a lot of this conversation with you. Um, yeah, so ultimately, I've heard it from people. Um, actually, a, a T-Shroom had, has a friend named Paul that he brought in the, uh, a little bit ago. Oh, yeah. When we were talking about Decentraland, he was talking about how he, he wanted, he was like learning to develop on blockchain games, and he was explaining how, you know, going from regular game development to blockchain development is like a whole, it's like going to an alien architect, you know what I mean? It's like completely different, very, very difficult. And because of that, guys, I really think it's going to be a good little bit before we're going to see um, games of the caliber where you can get them go to, to go viral and get become, become mainstream and have these giant prop, uh, value propositions and so on. I think in the meantime, it's going to be a slow burn. I don't think... I actually disagree. A lot of people in the space are saying that 2022 is the year of blockchain gaming. It, mm. It's not. Because the thing is, we're just not even close to where yeah. people are able to develop games that are going to go viral and make it worth playing. Um, now, there's the def the big thing that's going for blockchain gaming, and why I do agree it is the future of gaming, is the you know play to earn aspect of it. It's the uh, the ability to integrate NFTs and so on. That's going to be a huge part of gaming culture, right? Do you, do you but think, we're just not there yet. Do you think, Smith, that maybe 2022 is the year that all of that is funded for future years of actual development because I agree with you I don't think we're I don't think 2022 is when those games are going to take off and be ridiculous in terms of how they're advanced but potentially the excitement coming into the space I don't think NFTs no. are anywhere close to being done with their utilization no, either yeah. but they just had a massive run could there be a lot of funding that comes in and a lot of investing that goes into the gaming world in blockchain that maybe then paves the future of actual development well I and I think there's probably going to be a lot of uh unwarranted hype in these certain projects and there's going to be a lot of fun a lot of a lot of uh uneducated money going in that direction mm -hmm. uh but i don't think that we've seen the uh, the pro like i would right now like it's my same actually opinion with nfts i'm not going to invest in the nfts themselves right now mm -hmm. i'm only going to invest in the founding projects yeah that might uh, that might be able to grow with the nft space i'm not going to look to invest in a blockchain that is central around certain games, I'm going to invest in the platforms that are going to hold games on top of it. I totally agree with that, and I think that's exactly what we need to be looking at. Ultra is one. I believe that uh, Johnny, which we actually uploaded that interview that we did with him from North American Bitcoin Conference, he told me about uh, that is supposed to be, there. that's attempting to be like the steam of blockchain gaming, so that's one that I'm going to be looking into as far as the platforms that support the blockchain gaming ecosystem, but I agree. I think what it really comes down to is Gala right now, and after this, we're going to talk about Theta for a little bit, and by the way, if you're enjoying today's stream, smash that like button. I know we can get to 500 likes here in the next couple of minutes. Just take a look at a $1.3 billion market capitalization, and I don't have the number off the top of my head of how many people are playing the Gala, uh, the games on Gala and the Gala ecosystem, but I have a feeling if you were to compare the value of the company, in this case, the blockchain, to the number of people playing the game, if you were to take that ratio, I bet it would be over 10 times higher than what any kind of regular AAA title would look like as far as um, how many people are playing it and what, the and what the platform is actually worth to the the market because I think Gala, even though it is a good project, is still highly speculative. 
I just uh, I just actually pulled it up in the background uh, and it actually it? says this is this is as of December 5th, which I'm sure it's grown since then. But it says Gala has uh, over one point three million active users. And that was wow. that was December. So that's a lot. I'm not sure what it is uh, currently. But I mean, yeah, that's that's it's a huge growth from from nothing to uh, something more than something yeah. in this last yeah. year. And that's a whole lot. But the thing you have to remember about the gaming industry and Smay knows this as well, is that the gaming industry is a very uh, low revenue industry. 1.3 million players on just about any game might bring you $50 million a year, might bring you $50 million a year. You can play a thousand hours on a game and only ever spend 30 bucks just to buy the thing. So there's not a lot of money in gaming. And I think my my last thing to that is ultimately, guys, it's one of those things that uh, until right now, there's a lot of non-gamers excited about it. Right. Yes. Until the gamers are actually interested in this, you know, because right now it seems like a lot of people who are more interested in just crypto and investing in crypto are the ones that are interested in this. Right. But you have to wait for that whole wave because the gaming space is not just a, a couple million people. It's a couple billion people. Yeah. Right. So once those couple billion people are interested, then that's when you like and, and that's when you're going to start to see the emergence of the more permanent projects. Yeah. But in the meantime, you don't want to invest in more like overly specific blockchains, you want to invest in the ones that are going to be utilized over time. Uh, and that's why you want to be very careful because there's going to be a lot of things because right now it's kind of science projects for a lot of these development teams. They're doing really cool stuff, but they can be like, oh, I made a poker game on a blockchain. Woo, you know, but just wait until they're starting to do really, really heavily, heavily complicated stuff where it's like, you know, metaverse stuff that's like super crazy. You know, even Decentraland is super crude in comparison. But once you start to see those those more complicated, big development teams working on these things, that's when you're going to start yep. to see, I, I need to find those specific projects. But in the meantime, Meantime, try to invest in the broad and the the things that are going to support those. I totally agree with that. Well, let's go ahead and move on to Theta here because keeping in our theme of cryptocurrencies that are very, very, very far down from their all-time high, Theta rallied all the way back in January, February, March, April, April 15th, right around tax day, to $14.28, and it has since pulled all the way back down to under $3. Now, Theta is a project that a lot of people are very interested in. It has to do with video sharing and everything. I'm not going to get too much into the fundamentals, but the question I want to put on the table here, and then we're going to move on to our first check-in with the chat and then we're going to look at ADA a little bit later on in the stream is, is Theta so far undervalued sitting at 84% down that we should be buying it right now considering what we know about the fundamentals? Kelly, I'm going to throw that question to you, buddy. Oh, ask me the question again. I apologize. I was <clears> You're good. Do you think basically. that Theta being 85% down from its all-time high puts it into a position where we ought to be looking to buy it based on what the fundamentals are saying? Well, I mean, I think this goes directly back to what you even mentioned about Gala, uh, you know, in terms of uh, whether it was overpriced or, or over, overvalued or is it the time uh, showing their growth in this last year uh, built more on the hype cycle. I think uh, the price coming down to where it is now, I don't even look at it as, it, as much as, as a price crash as it is, is getting back to a little bit closer to a fair market value, mm. uh, eliminating that hype. Uh, that being said, these coins, uh, whether it be Theta or Gala or Sandbox or, uh, you know, even Luna with its meteoric rise in the last year. Uh, sometimes these dips not, are not only create the good opportunities for uh, entries, but uh, especially these younger coins like Theta and Gala, 
any of the smaller ones. Um, when the price pulls back like this, it allows you the opportunity to get in below where the hype is before the hype really comes back in. So you can ride the next wave. But that being said, even something like Gala or Theta, I do think they're going to be a lot more volatile uh, uh, than a lot of the major, major cap coins. Uh, and that being said, uh, these major dips are, are great entries, I, I do believe. But that I will also say that these are uh, coins in point that you should be very keen more so than Bitcoin or Ethereum uh, to make sure that you have your, your, your plans and your targets to take profits along the way when you do get meteoric rises uh, throughout the rest of this year, because they're still going to have larger pullbacks in uh, some of the bigger cap coins when we have our next correction after the next uh, large price rise. Wow. So, I mean, I'm actually going to be scaling in to Theta and Gala here in the, in the coming weeks. There you go. Uh, when I get a couple more paychecks. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're great projects and I'm looking forward to getting some myself. I do want to start scooping up some blockchain gaming uh, platforms. And uh, Ultra, I think, is one of the ones I'm going to be looking at. Gala, I want to get a little bit of. But let's go ahead and move into our first uh, community discussion. Read some super chats. Guys, if you're enjoying today's stream, smash that like button. It helps to get the word out of what we're doing here. We want to help inform you on what's going on in the cryptocurrency markets every single day because you need to be up to date on what's going on in the cryptocurrency space if you're going to achieve financial sovereignty, which means controlling your money here in crypto. So we want to keep you up to date on what's going on on-chain news and fundamentals so that you can have a solid perspective on how this market is developing. So smash that like button, subscribe to the channel if we are providing you value, and let us know what you think about the show in the chat. Let's go ahead and read this couple of super chats that we have. Yeah, we have one from Chemo and Crypto saying, will capital gains go away if even one state adopts, and I'm assuming he says Bitcoin or any crypto as legal tender? Capital gains taxes? No, I did shouldn't. I mean, I'm not a ta- I mean, I'm not a tax professional, so I couldn't really tell you. They're, but they're not, the government's not going to give up any opportunity not going to, to make sure they can capitalize on the, on the no. profits. Here. No, that, that, see, that's the yeah. issue, and I'll be very brief in this because we need to keep moving, but that's the issue with governments is that they only move in one direction towards more authority. That's why you have to be so very careful about giving governments authority because they never give it back. You set up a committee to take care of something, and then that committee stays in place for 100 years. That's how a lot of the government agencies that are in existence right now got into existence. They were supposed to be temporary, and they just stayed. The, st- the federal income tax, that was actually put in place as a temporary provision to fund the U.S. Civil War. It was supposed to go away. It's been in effect for 150 years. So that's what you have to be careful about, about giving the government temporary provisions for power because they tend to keep it. Hmm. Uh, Mike Casio said, you guys just basically talked about Phantasma when talking about NFTs and blockchain gaming. It's a great project. Have you heard of it? I haven't personally looked into it. Kelly, no. have you heard of it? Phantasma. Uh no, I haven't. I haven't really looked into that one. There's so many coins right now that are on my radar. It's hard to keep track of Phantasma all these. Soul ranked 296. That's interesting. It's ranked 150 million dollar market cap. Dude, I cannot believe 150 million dollars market capitalization puts you at rank 300. I remember when that would have put you at rank 30. That's yeah. how young. That's how small the cryptocurrency space used to be. Well, guys, we're gonna go ahead and move on here to our Bitcoin TA. But really quickly, I want to bring you a word from one of our sponsors, which is none other than the charting software that we use, TradingView. Guys, if you haven't gotten trading view just yet you should and i'll tell you exactly why there's a lot that comes with a paid account on trading view that makes it a lot easier to use i'll be honest with you i used the free version of trading view for the first two years i did technical analysis but i came to realize that some of the benefits that came along with paying for the software were absolutely worth the wor- uh, were absolutely worth the price so here's a couple of the things that you'll get with trading view premium number one you'll get 25 indicators per chart so that's a lot more than the three that you're going to get with the pay- with the free interview uh, with the, the the free version of trading view you're also going to be able to get eight charts in one layout. You're going to get 400 server-side alerts, unlimited saved charts layout, 
You're going to get seconds base interval. Right now, if we go on trading view and you come down to like the one minute tab, you actually can't go down to the one second, five second, 15 second, and 30 second unless you have trading view premium. You sit and uh, so if you want to go down to the one second, you're going to need that. And there's a lot of other benefits that come along with it as well, such as being able to go back uh, five, uh, 20,000 bars instead of just 5,000 bars. So right now, if you go on the one hour chart and you're not on trading view premium, you can only go back 5,000. But if you go to the premium version, then you can go all the way back 20,000. So you can go on the hourly chart and look back at what happened in 2013 because it saves all of that data for you. So there's a lot that comes with a paid version of TradingView. And if this is the software that you're going to be making your home for all of your charting, and you really should because it's the best charting software on the market, hands down, there are there is just no doubt about that. The paid version of TradingView is going to make your life a lot easier. So you can find the links for all of that in the description box down below. But let's go ahead and jump into our Bitcoin technical analysis here. The first thing I want to show you is the long-term uptrending level of support that Bitcoin has been in play or that, that has been in play on Bitcoin for a very long time. We're going to look at it on the three daily chart. This long-term uptrending level of support, I just want to remind you, has been in play for the last 10 years. It's funny saying the last 10 years of anything in crypto because 10 years ago, Bitcoin was nothing more than a token that you would win when you got third place in a WoW contest or like a, a, a Dota match or something. But now it is a global currency that nation states are adopting. In those 10 years, there has been one trend line to rule them all. And this trend line started back in June of 2011 when Bitcoin was trading at the measly price of $31. It has been in play ever since. And you can see we spend some time below it and we also spend some time above it but in general bitcoin is following this trend line for the future uh, for the last 10 years and it looks like it's going to continue to do so in the future the reason that it's so very important is because we've actually broken bearish below it recently and a lot of people are asking the question are we going to stay below this trend line for three four months as we did here or for a year as we did here or for a year and a half as we did here what's going to happen well the first thing i want to point out is that this trend line rises very steeply and by december of this year it would already be at $80,000. So we could still be below this trend line at the end of the year and still be at a new all-time high like $80,000. And frankly, if we only went to $80,000 at the end of this year, that would probably be a pretty solid way to end the year because it would mean that we were not growing too fast, but we were growing fast enough to keep up with the fundamentals. The point I want to make here is that oftentimes in history, when we're above this level, we are too highly valued. We're over the underlying intrinsic value of Bitcoin. When we're below this level, typically we're below the underlying intrinsic value. That looks like a little face right there. I'll just give him a nose. This trend line right here basically shows you the growth of the underlying intrinsic value of Bitcoin, and it is a continual march upwards and to the right. At the moment, we have breached below it, and that tells me that we're starting to get undervalued. Now, I'm not saying that we're getting undervalued on the daily chart. I'm not saying that we're getting undervalued on the three daily chart. I'm not even saying we're getting undervalued on the weekly chart, but I am saying when you look at the long-term trend, I'm talking on the order of years, we are, in my opinion, starting to get undervalued. That doesn't mean that the bottom is tomorrow. Frankly, that doesn't even mean the bottom is before like summer. But I do believe that Bitcoin getting down into these low 30 levels tells me that Bitcoin has gone lower than what its fundamentals would like. And that tells me that Bitcoin is probably not going to stay down at these levels for that long. I think that Bitcoin very well may go sideways here for three or four months. We've talked about how my prediction of 100K Bitcoin by the end of the quarter has now changed. I don't think that's going to happen anymore based on just how bearish the last two months have been. But what I do believe is that Bitcoin has already exhausted itself about 80%. There might be some more bearish action that needs to happen. We might need to trade sideways down here. Heck, we might 
even have a wick that drops below 30k but i really just don't see bitcoin staying down here for a whole lot longer than that now with that said let's also go ahead and take a look here at some things on the monthly chart because on the monthly chart there are currently three monthly chart red candlesticks in a row now you might think okay jeb whatever three red in a row happens all the time what's the point well the last time that we saw three red candlesticks in a row was actually back over here in march uh, excuse me july august and september of 2019 we have not seen three red in a row other than right here since then. Now, we did see three red in a row right here, but this is kind of a little bit of a weird uh, situation because this candle body was so small. Other than this instance right here, we only saw three red in a row here and then three red in a row here. But the point I want to make to you is that after we saw six red in a row back at the end of 2018, Bitcoin would rally 300%. After we saw these three red in a row, it took us six months, but Bitcoin, even a conservative rally estimate, would say we rallied 1,000%. After we saw these three red in a row here in April, May, and June of last year, we saw Bitcoin rally 100%. So the question now is, are we going to do the same thing that we did before? Are we going to rally, you know, 100, 300, 900%? I think that we are. I just don't know that it's going to be right now. But let's keep that in our back pocket. Another thing to look at here on the monthly chart, or excuse me, the weekly chart, is that we saw a red-green-red formation that dropped us below the uptrend that we just looked at. And that does tell us that there is quite a lot of bearish sentiment in the market, but it does also mean that we've dropped a lot and that we're starting to push into overextended territory in the bears, uh, on the bear side. And we're also looking at a hammer formation forming right here with a long lower shadow, which tells us that we could be looking at a bottom coming into play. What I would like to see happen on the weekly chart is I would like to see next week not have another red candlestick so we don't have a red-green-red-green. Green. That does happen sometimes. I would like to see one more green candlestick that would give me some confidence because that would be the first time ever since november that we saw two green in a row so that's some of the longer term ta i'm looking at i'm looking at the fact that we're starting to really get below the underlying intrinsic value of bitcoin which is always growing by the way the hash rate on bitcoin is at an all-time high and bitcoin is down 50 percent from its all-time high bitcoin follows the hash rate remember that it will take time but it does happen now, as we start to move down here to the daily chart, we start to get even more resolution of what's going on on the shorter term time frames. You can see that we did have a major drop back on the 21st of January, all the way down to about $34,000 by the end of the 22nd. Ever since then, Bitcoin has been going into a small uptrend and it has rallied 10%. But the unfortunate thing is this kind of looks like a dead cat bounce. I'm just going to be honest with you. If we go down to the four hourly chart, Bitcoin started this drop at $44,000, pulled all the way back on the low to $33,000, shaved 11 grand off of it. And then we've been in this small uptrend. In this uptrend, we've seen a small trading channel form right here. And this trading channel that you can see right there actually makes it into something called a bear flag. That bear flag would have a price target just like this. And that bear flag would give us a price target of $30,000. So I have a lot more analysis and metrics that I want to show you guys. But really quickly, I want to throw it to Tim. Tim, we've talked about a potential $30,000 Bitcoin. Do you think that this bear flag that's forming on the four hourly chart, since it predicts a $30,000 Bitcoin, could be leading us in that direction? Uh, okay, this I'm, I'm I'm in a boat of saying a lot of different possibilities are out there. However, I think similarly to what we saw back in July, August area of that dip where everyone was calling 25 back then, and then we ended up kind of bottoming out right there on 29 and then rallying back up. I expect something similar to happen. When I'm looking at the charts and I'm looking at the news and I'm looking at the on-chain metrics and I'm looking at all this and taking it into a full picture, 
What I'm seeing overall is bullish momentum with short-term bearish marks. Mm. I don't think the bears are done. However, I think there are so many bullish things happening right now that I do expect this to come down and set a new candle body close. Just so you guys know, on the daily chart, I gotta go back to it to make sure I get my number absolutely right, but I'm pretty sure it's around 35,000. Yes, it is. The lowest close that we have in the daily chart during this whole run is about $35,000. I do think we're going to close a daily candle lower than that. However, the question is how much lower than that? Are we going to go a full 10,000 lower than that and come all the way down to 25,000? Are we going to stay above 30? At this point, there's a lot to see play out. But right now, we are sitting on the 4 chart. You can go, man, I don't know if you're already on my screen or not, but you can go to my screen. We're sitting right now, I'll go to the 4 chart to show you more clearly, in kind of a ascending triangle pattern as well as an ascending trading channel pattern. What do these two things say? Well, you guys see this purple level right here. This is a flat zone of resistance. We came down here during this dip. We, we kind of sat there for a second before dipping down lower, but we've come back up now twice to touch this zone of resistance, which is flat again. And a lot of times what's going to happen here is we're going to see a bullish break all the way up here. What is this line right here? It is the cup and handle formation prediction. It also would set us up if we get this high into bearish RSI divergence. Now, if we play out a bigger picture, and that's going to the daily chart with this head and shoulders, that's where we're getting that prediction of about $25,000, this head and shoulders formation playing out that line right there. Here's the question. Will we actually do it, or is there enough bulls in the market to stop us from going that far? I still think that we're in a season of manipulation. I still think that the that the whales are trying to get as much as possible and get as many people out as possible. So what would they do? What would be the best strategy to get that accomplished? It would be rally and give bulls a false hope. Break above this purple zone, maybe go as high as, but I don't think we quite get there, even though that's the line predicted. I'm expecting a price reverse somewhere in this region and come back down to touch to touch low, but now what happens is, all right, there's a lot of people saying we could go as low as 25,000, maybe even 30,000, so I think you're gonna see a lot of buys placed between 30 and 25, and sure enough, to keep all those buyers from getting that level, I think that we're actually gonna see potentially the price never get lower than 30 so that the whales can get as much as possible because they realize, they see, they know there's a lot of bullish metrics happening. They see that the price really does wanna go up to the upside. They're kind of, resisting it right now. They're, they're still manipulating it. But watch a lot of retail investors get disappointed. A, because they get faked out up here, and then B, because it never gets down lower to where they really wanted the price to go so they can buy back in low. We, we have a lot to see, but even in this, that you guys can see I have a drawn right here, we have an, a falling wedge right here. I just would not be surprised to see the price action come up here and get somewhat, oop, grab the wrong thing, get up close to this region of this uh, cup and handle formation, but then fall back down and probably bounce off this descending level of support before we come back up, do a fake out, and then continue our rally to the upside. That's just my prediction. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if we come down to 25,000, but I also think that there's a very good chance that a lot of people are gonna get shook out thinking we're going that low. I do think we're going back down though. I know I, I just said a whole lot right there. I do think we're going back down. I do think 35,000 is not the bottom close. I do think that this wick right here on 30, 
3,000 potentially will be matched or outdone with a wick. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll set up bullish divergence on the daily chart, and then we'll rally back to the upside. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely on to something, Tam. And the point I want to make here, guys, is that Bitcoin has been in one of the longest, most consistent downtrends that it has seen in a very long time. The last time we saw a downtrend like this was in 2021. But before that, the last time we saw a downtrend like this was in 2019. These downtrends very, very rarely last this long. The one in April, May, and June lasted about 100 days. The one in 2019 lasted about 172 days. This one has already lasted 84 days. So two things on that. Number one, realize it actually hasn't gone on as long as some of the previous downtrends that we have seen. But number two, it's getting there. And Bitcoin is going to find a bottom and it is going to start rallying at some point because the fundamentals demand it. It really is that simple. And also, uh, someone is screaming in chat about this live stream over here on YouTube, uh, BTC Live Bookmap. You can see right here, this is some interesting data. It's showing these three red bars at 31K, 32K, and 33K. That's showing, I believe that's what it's showing, is that there's a ton of buy orders down there. So it kind of looks to me like some people are trying to buy down at 31, 32, and 33. I could be reading that wrong, but yeah. I believe that's what it's getting at. So there are a lot of people that are looking to buy the dip down there. If we do go down to $30,000, we're likely going to see a double bottom down there and people are going to hold that. I don't think the whales are going to want to let Bitcoin go that much lower because I think a lot of the whales are, are realizing, hey, we've got a great deal here. We've got a great opportunity here. Let's load up our bags. And yeah, if it goes below 30K, they're going to buy up more. But I just believe that the buying pressure will become so insanely powerful on not just the retail, but also the institutional side if we were to drop below 30K. That is really not something that we should worry all that much about. But we should also obviously keep in mind that it is very possible. So we shouldn't get prideful and say, okay, this can't happen, but we should keep in mind that there is a lot of buying pressure sitting on the sidelines. There's a lot of cash on the sidelines, but I want to show you the MACD on several different time frames. Number one, out here on the weekly chart, we are now seeing some bullish MACD divergence for the first time ever since the end of November. This is actually very encouraging. Actually, excuse me, since the beginning of November, this is the first time we're seeing bullish MACD divergence where we're seeing the MACD lines uh, start to come together in a way that would be bullish. We have not seen that in about three months. So if we're able to close this weekly candlestick, which is happening soon, and we're able to close this just like this, that's actually a very good sign out on the weekly chart. That means mm -hmm. MACD is starting to move in the right direction. That's what we saw happen over here in June of 2017. And by the way, just so you know, that did not mean that the, that the downtrend was over. Bitcoin, after it had bullish MACD convergence, would still trade sideways and slightly to the downside for another 40 days. So I'm not saying the bottom is in. We could see a whole, you know, 40 days of sideways movement based on what happened earlier last year. But it does look like we're starting to get close to that bottom where we might start seeing, you know, a bear flag or a, or a flag form or a pennant form or some sideways movement form like we saw last year. Instead of just another crash to the downside, I would be surprised if we saw that happen again. Now, we might see a flash crash down to 25K. I'm not saying that can't happen. But what I am saying is I think that we would have a very strong uh, buy up down there. Now, looking at the three daily chart, we're also seeing something similar. We have seen bullish MACD convergence ever since December the 18th. Gradually, slowly, but surely, we're moving in the right direction, and now we're converging on ourselves over the last 9, 10 days as we've been bouncing and rallying here. Having a bullish MACD cross on the three daily chart would be a very powerful signal to me because the last three times that we have seen bullish MACD, excuse me, the last two times that we've seen bullish MACD crosses on three daily chart, that preceded a 77% rally, and then it also preceded a 45% rally. So I would very much like to see a bullish MACD cross on the three daily chart. It's probably about two 
two weeks out at best, but it is something to be looking forward to. On the two daily chart, we're about to see a bullish MACD cross. We've seen some, uh, we've seen the market come close a few times and we didn't do it, but we could very well see a bullish MACD cross. That would be the first time we've seen one in a while. Again, as I said on the three daily chart, those bullish MACD crosses precede major rallies. So we're going to be looking at that in tandem with Lux Algo on daily to come to a conclusion about whether or not we're about to go into a daily chart uptrend. As far as the daily chart is concerned, though, we have seen a bullish MACD cross over the weekend. I believe that was actually on Friday that that happened. And that is a good sign. But the thing is, since we've had a little bit of red in the last two days, we really want to see if this bullish MACD is going to be able to sustain itself or if this is just a fake out like we've seen in recent memory. I personally believe that we are going to see another drop. As Tim said, I think Mm -hmm. we're going to see a body close, a daily chart body close at $33,000 or below $35,000 at least. And I could very easily see a wick, a scam wick, but a wick going all the way down to 30. There's a sort of magnetism towards these major levels of support and resistance, guys. You get close to them in the market, just says, okay, I'm just going to go all the way. I'm just going to throw myself in. And that's that's kind of what happens a lot of times on Bitcoin. You get close to the level of resistance and the bulls and the bears just say, okay, well, we're just going to go all the way. And that's what I think we're going to see happen at $30,000. At this point, I do think that you're going to see a $30,000 Bitcoin. You might only see it for five minutes because I think it'll be a wick, but I do think that you're going to see it. That's not something you should be scared of. That is an opportunity for you to buy the dip and for you to add to your portfolio if you do well and truly believe in this space. Now, another thing I want to show you are the RSIs. RSI has bounced and rallied all the way from the bottom around 20 as of January the 22nd. Sitting at 35, we're above the 14-day moving average, which is a phenomenal sign. Looking on the two-daily chart, we're testing the 14-day moving average. We've been below that moving average this entire time. So if we were to get above this, that would be a very bullish sign. Three-daily chart, we're obviously still very far below it. We would need to get above 37. If we were to do that, that would be a bullish uptrending signal. So here's the point I want to make on the daily chart, and then we're going to move on with some other TA. Bitcoin is in a bounce. Bitcoin has rallied a little bit in the last 10 days, but it is not confirmed. In fact, it's far from it. If you are in a long position right now because you think this market's about to go to the upside, you, my friend, in my opinion, I'm not your trading coach and I'm not your financial advisor, but in my opinion, you jumped the gun and you got into the long position too early. I've seen it happen many times. We saw it happen back over here and we saw it happen right here. Bitcoin had two or three days of bullishness. A lot of people got into long positions and then boom, they got squeezed out. They got liquidated and it caused the market to drop farther. And if we do have a drop, it's probably going to be because Bitcoin has a small rally up to $40,000. People are going to long because they got excited and then there's going to be a long squeeze and it's going to push us down to $33,000. I'm actually very confident that that's what we're going to see happen. And I don't want you to be a part of it because I don't want you to lose your money. So be very careful about longing this market right now because we have not seen confirmation. We've not seen a bullish trend uh, confirmation from Lux Algo. We have not seen RSIs and MACD confirming on the daily chart, two daily chart and three daily chart. There's a lot of confirmation that we can see that we have not seen yet. Tune into this show live 930 Eastern every single weekday, and we will bring you updates whenever that does occur. Tim, I'm going to throw it to you. In chat, there's a lot of people asking this question, and I have my opinion, Jeb, but I know that they want to hear yours as well. Uh, on the monthly chart, okay. the, the MACD cross that we're seeing happen, I think right now we have a very small red histogram, uh-huh. a bearish cross. A, a lot of people are, are talking about this, and I think according to chat, at least I'm looking at this, I guess coin. Coinbase or Cointelegraph, somebody, somebody's reporting this and making it sound like a big deal. Are you concerned about the MACD on the monthly chart at all? No, and I'll tell you why. There's not enough data. If you look at the MACD on the monthly chart throughout history, they're just that we, we don't have enough data to go off of, guys. It's very tempting to say, okay, well, it's MACD and it works on the daily chart. It works on the three daily chart. It works on the four hourly chart. So it must work on the monthly chart. Nope. Mm-hmm. 
nope, you forgot how technical analysis works if that's your opinion. You need to have your technical indicators prove themselves in every field that you're going to apply them. I don't care how good MACD is on the daily chart. That's the daily chart. The monthly chart is a different scenario. So let's do some historical analysis to see how accurate the MACD is. Oh, wait a second. We only have three bearish crosses in the last 10 years. That is an insignificant data set. That is not really enough to go off of on something like the MACD that you would typically look at hundreds of crosses to see how well it does. And yes, it did see, uh, we did see bearish MACD crosses when we, went, when we went into bear markets because of course we did. But one of those three bearish MACD crosses actually happened right before Bitcoin would rally a thousand percent in late 2019, early 2020. We saw a bearish MACD cross back over here and by the way, I'm counting both of these together because that's sideways movement. I understand that that's technically two different ones, but it's pretty much the same movement here. We saw a bearish MACD cross happen here at the end of 2019, early 2020. It only trended to the downside for a month. So I don't put a lot of stock in that. I am paying attention to it. Don't get me wrong. This is very interesting to me, but I'm not going to put a lot of stock in it because it is just one technical indicator and it's going contrary to what a lot of the other technical indicators say. It is possible for a technical indicator to be an outlier. And I think that's what we're witnessing right here on the monthly chart. Now, one thing I will show you is that we're already very bearish on the weekly chart. I actually do put a good bit of stock in the weekly chart because it is a close enough resolution. It is a close enough time frame. But when you get out to something like the monthly chart, fundamentals rule the game. I do look at technicals on the monthly chart, but by the time you get out to the week, out to the monthly chart, it really does just come down to, is the market massively overextended and are the technicals saying that? Yes, okay, we might need a correction. Other than that, I'm kind of hesitant to use the technical analysis on the monthly chart because when you get out to the monthly chart, you are firmly in the realm of the fundamental analysis, not so much the technical analysis, because remember, fundamentals are upstream of price. Price is downstream of fundamentals. The fundamentals drive the price, not the other way around. And when you're looking at the order of years with how much this space is growing, the technicals are going to start getting overruled on the monthly chart. And that's what I mean when I say you have to understand the limitations of technical analysis to properly utilize technical analysis. I agree that I mean, uh, you added uh, about uh, 500 words to what I would have said is that <laughs> just look at the history. It's not it's not something to freak out about. Nope. Uh, it, it's something that could change like that. No, it's one of those technical indications that is very, very enticing. And you'll get a lot of clicks on because, oh, my yeah. gosh, we haven't seen this technical indicator flash for the last two and a half years. And when we did, Bitcoin dropped 50 percent in a day. That is a great headline to get clicks. That is so clickbaity. And we try our best not to use titles like that because it's misleading. You know, yes, that is what happened the last time, but we don't expect that's what's going to happen this time. So I just want you to be careful about that. And remember, this is a piece of advice I give you guys a lot. And this is advice. Um, whenever you read a headline, if you feel any emotions because you read that headline, read the article and do the research on your own. You'll save yourself the heartache because reading headlines can get you in a lot of trouble because you'll only understand what they want you to understand to get you to click on the video or on the stream or on the news article. And there's normally a lot more to the story than what you can fit in a hundred characters in a title. Now, with that said, we're going to go down onto the daily chart and take a look at some other technical indications. Uh, the first thing I want to show you is actually Lux Algo because Lux Algo uh, is one of those indicators that is going to help us confirm whenever we're in an uptrend. But frankly, guys, even if we were to see a buy signal right now, I would be skeptical of it. Here's the deal. We do not have a bullish trend reversal, uh, trend catcher on daily chart. We do not have a buy signal on daily chart. We do, however, have bullish convert, uh, bullish uh, Lux oscillator on daily chart. If we see all three of those come together, bullish trend catcher, bullish um, uh, buy signal, and then also bullish Lux oscillator, then that's going to be very interesting to me. 
I want to see Bitcoin prove itself here. I really do. I want to see it rally up to 42, 43, $44,000, $45,000, rally above these local highs back over here on the 13th of January. If we do that, then yeah, okay, it looks like we're going into an uptrend if that occurs. At the moment, though, that's not what's happening. We're going to need to see a lot to see Lux Algo come in and confirm an uptrend, and it just hasn't done it yet. It is that simple. On the four-hourly chart, we have seen some bullishness. We do see a buy signal, and this is actually a very accurate buy signal. Bitcoin's moving to the upside, isn't it? This buy signal can, uh, predicted this movement right here. Very, very powerful buy signal that was confirmed. Now, you might be looking at this buy signal over here, and you said, oh, wow, that came in bad timing, and then we crashed. It did. That's because this was not confirmed. You cannot use Lux Algo buy and sell signals just for the buy and sell signals. What you do is you use the trend catcher, which is this line right here, and then you also use Lux Oscillator, which is this oscillator down here, and if all three of them come together and say the same thing, then that's where you will start to wonder, okay, are we going into an uptrend? But you never trade with Lux Algo blindly. You use other technical indicators such as MACD, such as RSI, such as volume, Bollinger Bands, Luck, uh, VPVR, all these things to confirm them. At the moment, we are in a confirmed uptrend on four-hourly chart. This is true. Now, I do have my concerns because we are seeing this trading channel moving to the upside right here. We do have an outlier here and here, but those are fundamental. We basically are in a trading channel right now. That's a bear pennant, a bear flag that could push us down to about $30,000. Yes, we're in an uptrend right here. Lux Algo says so, but we're going to need time to see if that's able to grow into a daily chart uptrend because it certainly has not just yet. We are in an uptrend on the six-hour chart, as you can see from Lux Algo. We are also in an uptrend on the eight-hour chart, as you can see from Lux Algo as soon as it loads here. Buy signal, trend catcher green, all of that is solid. Even on the 12 hourly chart, I do believe we're in an uptrend and that much is phenomenal. But before I start to say, okay, we're going into a sec, uh, uh, we're going back into the primary uptrend of the bull market, we're going to need to see that occur on the daily chart. And frankly, right now, I am in a position where I need, a, I need to see a lot of confirmation. I really need Bitcoin to prove itself to me if I'm going to believe that we're in an uptrend. So here's what I'm going to say. Even if Lux Algo comes in with a bullish trend catcher, buy signal, and Lux Oscillator are green, if all three of those things occur and we have a confirmed uptrend on, on uh, Lux Algo, I'm still not going to consider it confirmed until I give it one week of, of maintaining that. That's what I'm going to do right now. That's how I'm going to look at Lux Algo. Even if it says it on the daily chart, I'm not going to believe it until it has done it, until it has held it for a week or until it shows up big time on like the two daily chart or the three daily chart, something to that effect. I'm going to say, okay, I want a little bit more confirmation because we're in a, such a strong downtrend. What do you think of that, Tim? How should we apply our own trading wisdom to these technical indicators? Yeah, I, I think if, if anything, you know, there's the, the, the Luxago buy and sell signals are not the end all be all, but I do think they give you a great spot to look at taking profits at certain points on the way up and good buys on the way down. It doesn't mean you've hit the dip completely. But I think, you know, Jeb, you just made a video about that the other day about having cash on the side. Yes, and I did. One of the regrets you have over this this last cycle. I think, you know, I think we're getting to a place where what's really good is it's a, it's a great thing to learn and to move forward. If people do nothing but say, oh, it didn't tell me exactly what it wanted to tell me, so therefore I'm done with technical analysis, I'm done reading charts, I think they're going to miss out in the future of what potentially they will have going for them. What you need to do, though, is look at this chart, this downtrend, and guess what, guys? We were wrong at several times. There were several places where it looked like we were bottoming out, so we thought, okay, guys, this is the bottom, and then it kept going. Uh, we can cry about it, or we can admit that we were wrong and then learn from it ourselves, and then you guys do the same, but that's up to everybody to do for themselves. What I would say looking at this now, 
like Jeb just said, we are not in an uptrend on the daily chart. We are everything from the 12 hourly chart down. I think we talked about this last week. If you look at certain metrics from the 12 hourly chart down, we're actually in an uptrend. That is why there is hope. People call it hopium, but it is, there is hope that we've already hit the bottom. There are a couple things that are still showing on the charts that make me think that that hope is going to get faded here real quick. However, I do think that in terms of, you know, somebody even just said in chat, oh, these guys turn bears. Well, we're not bears in the long term. We're, we're bears over the next, what, a couple days, I would say, Jeb. I, I would say I would the say next two weeks. Maybe, yeah, at the up, to, up to two weeks, yeah. potentially. Uh, however, if you're learning from this and you're reading this, anyone who says that technical analysis doesn't work, it's just that's just a false statement. Like if anything, right now, if you're doing nothing but trading based off of news and sentiment, you're probably convinced that we've already hit the bottom. That's what the news and the sentiment's actually kind of showing right now. But the charts are kind of showing something different. The charts are showing, hey, we're close, but but there's another bottom that needs to come in. And 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 what I would encourage all of you right now is to check check pride at the door. And I would like to say that that's what we've done. And and you even talked about last week how at times it seems like we are getting prideful and we've been humbled by it. Check pride at the door, continue to read the charts, continue to read the news, continue to watch the on-chain metrics and make the best possible investments you can. Take profits at the right time. Yep. Uh, learn, 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 educate. And the best way to learn is sometimes to fail and fall straight flat on your face. Get back up and learn while you fell. Absolutely. Well, guys, if you enjoyed the Lux Algo TA, you can sign up for Lux Algo. The link is in the description box down below. It is ridiculously helpful for figuring out what trend you're in. The trend is your friend until it ends, but guess what? If you don't know what the trend is, I don't know how it can be your friend. Can you be friends with someone you don't know? That's why you need Lux Algo because it'll help you to figure out what the trend is so that you can be friends with it and so you can trade with it. So make sure you sign up for Lux Algo. The link's in the description box down below. They have a full refund policy if you decide it's not for you. You don't need to worry about that. Sign up. Use coupon code JEB, J-E-B-B, for 20% off at checkout. It is really going to help your technical analysis, guys. I use it every single day when I am doing my analysis, and I'm very thankful to have it. Now, I'm going to throw it over to Kelly, and we're going to go to on-chain and market headlines because there are some big news stories coming out about states in the union potentially adopting Bitcoin in various capacities. And we're also going to look at some on-chain. So Kelly, take it away, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, first thing I wanted to do uh, right before we jump into on-chain is I want to show you this, what I'm seeing on Market Cipher. Uh, looking here on the weekly, uh, interesting metric here. Of course, this is the money flow. This, these yellow peaks and dips are the, the VWAP, the volume-weighted uh, average uh, average percentile. So how far the money is away from the average range. And then these are the RSIs. And I want you to notice here are these VWAPs as they cross back into the uh, above the zero line. And where you see this on the chart, you can see exactly where this crosses back above this precedes a large rally coming here and then same thing here large rally this is a small little corrective sideways action back above zero line rally same thing rally and we're right now here we're not fully set up into a complete buy zone and you just went over some excellent ta there but i will say you can see this this vwap is making every attempt to essentially cross back up and you can see how the money flow is coming down but even though we are in a bearish mid like short shorter term cycle right now in terms of coming down from the 68k peak uh when we're in a strong bull trend this money flow can come down and basically uh basically bounce near the zero line and, and maintain. And that's exactly what's happening here. You're seeing the money flow starting around, the RSI is coming back up. Same thing, if you come down to the four day, we already have the green dot, uh, VWAP's coming up, uh, three day, green dot, two uh, daily, still under a green dot, but it is looking like it could uh, still correct a little bit, which is completely in line with what you're saying about potentially coming back down. Uh, and even one of the things I noticed uh, 
Do I have it on this chart? Yeah. So this was a major trend line that you showed that went all the way back. Uh, there was another trend line that came back uh, that act, basically acted like a bit of, as a, it started from different peaks or dips at the uh, way back in the chart, as you can see here. Uh, and this actually is perfectly confluent with the 25K region, 22 to 25K region. I honestly don't think we're going to pull back that far, but even if we do, we still have strong support at that level. Uh, and I think somebody mentioned last time, you know, we've never actually gone done it. They might've done it on, on my Twitter spaces. Uh, we've never gone back and t tested the actual old all-time high peak. We usually test around the, I think it's a 386 or uh, it's something above where the old all-time high peak was from the previous cycle. So we've got a lot of support below us. I do think we're going to come back down to the 32, 34K region, if not if not the 30K region. But jumping into some of the headlines, uh, I'm going to leave that. You guys can go to my Twitter here uh, and find this tweet I did from uh, Biggie Ponderosa, who, who this is a great metric you guys can look through. He went through and created, uh, I don't, I won't, I don't want to call it an index, but he basically went through and got a lot of the top different on-chain analysts and technical analysts and basically collated all the data from all of them to basically go with the average sort of ranges were for peaks, uh, the, is the lowest uh, dip that we could go to, uh, all the, I mean, all sorts of different stuff between a number of different people. So you can go here to Binky Ponderosa or to my Twitter uh, at Kelly Kellum, and you can find this. This is an awesome metric to just give you a better snapshot view of what the majority of analysts are thinking some are bearish some are bullish so it's nice to see an average range here um the this is kind of what our where what our main discussion is going to be about so i'll go over it super briefly and you and i jeb and uh, smay and tim we can dive in and see what this means uh u.s senator wendy rogers introduces bill to accept bitcoin as legal tender in the state of arizona uh the main point thing I, the main point i want to bring up here uh is this right here the u.s constitution uh is, is is it an obstacle for adoption of bitcoin where well there is a provision within the constitution that explicitly excludes the possibility for the state for a state of the united states to adopt any currency as legal tender other than U.S. dollar. So th this is just something that's highlighting that it's not as easy as states just taking on, uh, you know, the legal adoption, uh, uh, the adoption of uh, any crypto as legal currency uh, because or as legal tender, because there are things that are the, the federal government still is putting a lot of blocks in the way of uh, some of these things that need to happen. But the fact that this is starting to be discussed at state level governments, and maybe that can trickle into some preventative measures of how far the federal government go and some of their, uh, what I will call overreach and what the how they're uh managing the monetary policy of the u.s uh that being said this is arizona we also have all the gubernatorial the governor candidates of, of, of the state of texas they're all pro bitcoin yeah. uh the current governor abbott is even uh, looking to use bitcoins uh to bitcoin miners to bolster the grid the power grid as you know i think a year ago uh they had a, a whole power grid failure because it was, mm -hmm. it was too cold uh but there's a lot of different things going on uh, on state levels and yeah the florida governor DeSantis, uh he proposed that this is actually back from december of creating uh, cryptocurrency payment systems for state fees which is you know, just an, another one of the incredible uses that uh, different states can take on. As we all know, Miami has uh, their incredibly huge proponents of Bitcoin and crypto and even having the Miami coin and that sort of stuff. Uh, North Dakota also, they had a lot of crackdowns on the, the fracking and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but they're actually looking to turn uh, and grow their industry with uh, Bitcoin mining. Uh, and we all know as well that uh, Wyoming is also huge uh, on the Bitcoin and crypto front with a lot of industry developing out there with Bitcoin mining and a number of other uh, uh, 
parts of uh, the crypto economy developing out in Wyoming. Uh, and the last thing that I just wanted to highlight here is that there was a I think this bill actually, yeah, this bill passed in 2021, November, but I think it's starting to be, uh, it's either starting to be uh, pushed or enforced or uh, something of that nature. But essentially there's, there's been a rule in the, in the U S for years, I think since the seventies that any transaction of $10,000 or more uh, you have to do what's called a cash transaction report. And it's not, it's not necessarily for the state uh, for the purpose specifically of drawing taxes, but it's more to track money movement large money movement between entities and people uh, to prevent money laundering and all these uh, things of that nature. Uh, but they've now included Bitcoin and digital uh, digital currencies uh, to be classified as cash so that they can track any transaction that's being sent between two different entities of $10,000 or more. Uh, and this, this could have wide reaching implications, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, I'll, I'll actually ask you first, Tim, cause we were discussing this before, yeah. uh, the stream, but, uh, what are your thoughts on, 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 this even potentially even being able to be enforced being that there's so many different exchanges there's VPNs or yeah. like how relevant do you think this is? Or do you think it's just a, another indication of the federal government trying to do anything they can to, to squash Bitcoin? Yeah, and crypto? I, I, I think that potentially this is going to be funny. I think that crypto could potentially become like the new, like drug running, like <laughs> they made it illegal, but how many people kept doing it? And, it's, <laughs> and they, they try to make examples of people along the way, but it's just such a big field. How are they actually going to do all of it? And as I said, like, you know, what's to stop me from getting a VPN and then interacting? And yes, technically speaking, they could go and chase every single one of my transactions. Again, all of those transactions would have to be over 10,000 for them to have the right to track it and deal with it. But uh, it's just how are they going to how are they actually going to enforce what they're saying? And I think what's happening is this is a scare tactic to try to discourage as many people as possible that, you know, to try to, it's funny, what they're hoping for is that the United States people will be honest, which is ironic that they think that we're supposed to be honest to them. Hmm. Uh, we point. won't get into that, but, uh, you know, I, I will abide. I, I do believe in, in, no matter whether you agree or disagree with your authority, I think, you know, for me being a Christian, I, I just say, hey, you know what? Biblically, I'm going to obey authority, but I do question it, and I will will constantly raise my voice and question its validity, its effectiveness, if it's actually going to happen. I just will not be surprised when they're complaining and saying, yeah, this is not working uh, the way that that's happened for a lot of other things. But that's my opinion. You know, I think some can, people are going to get busted. Can I share hurt, something but. with you also right now? Yeah. I just I just pulled this up uh, as a means of exemplifying how ridiculous this is. Uh, <laughs> and in 2019, banks hit basically hit an all time high of $10 billion in fees and fines for violation of anti money laundering policies. So the fact that they're even bringing this in like crypto has any, any sort of relevance to money laundering or the, it's such a ridiculous claim being that the large, I mean, the majority of all fines that are uh, being taken on or being imposed on banks is because of huge money laundering violations that they have year over year. And this is fiat currency. This has nothing to do with crypto. So it's just such yeah. a stupid sort of uh, attempt by the U S government to, to, to pile crypto in with this well, sort of narrative. There's a reason they call it the banking cartel. It's because they're legalized, but that doesn't mean they act in a way that should be legal. They just do what they do because they can do what they do and because they have the they have the federal government on their side. I think what we're going to see is a similar thing that you saw the war on drugs. You're going to see the war on DGENs and you're going to see the war on De uh, DeFi. You're going to see the war on decentralized finance. And uh, honestly, I really don't think it's going to be that bad because I don't think the government is going to attempt
to crack down on Bitcoin that hard because one, they're not going to be able to. And two, it's a somewhat popular topic that you can run and win a campaign on. I really just don't think that the government is going to be that scary as far as how they handle Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, but I do think it's something we need to pay attention to. Now, what Kelly was talking about as far as the U.S. Constitution, it's a a provision in the U.S. Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 5, coinage power. uh, That was put in place during the founding of the union, there are a lot of limitations on what the states can do because back when the United States was founded, all the different states had their own currencies and it was an absolute mess. Having one unified currencies was one of the things that brought together the states in the union. Instead of them acting like 13 little sovereign nations, they started acting like one. So having a central currency was one of the things that brought together the United States and now Bitcoin might be able to do the exact same thing. Someone made a good point in chat. Nobody pays attention to the constitution anymore. That's very sad because I think it is yeah. the second greatest document ever written after the Bible. But the fact of the matter is people do throw it around as if it means nothing anymore. So I do think that that's going to be an issue. And you might see something like this go to the Supreme Court. And frankly, the Supreme Court would probably rule in favor of the Constitution. At least I hope they would. But at the end of the day, you can't stop Bitcoin no matter what the Constitution says. It is here to stay and it is going to become the legal tender or at least some kind of cryptocurrency is going to become the legal tender of many different states in the union. And that is just the way it's going to be. You can't really stop this train anymore. It's moving with way too much momentum, not even the power or the full force of the federal government can stop it. With that said, let's go ahead and jump into our intermission here, unless there's any final thoughts. Actually, I take Fuzzy. that back. Uh, yeah. We haven't heard from Smay. I want to hear what Smay I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think the states trying to adopt Bitcoin is going to look like? And do you think the federal government is going to be pushing back in a big way on this? Um, here's the deal. Here's the deal about it. I was reading something this morning and I, I it really kind of made me think about, you know, when you're thinking about what the government is going to do, right? You have to think about motivation, right? What's their motivation to crack down on Bitcoin? <sighs> And really what I've been kind of thinking about is what they're wanting to, what they're really wanting is they don't really care if, uh, you know, you have Bitcoin. What they're worried about is if you're using Bitcoin to make a lot of money and you're not giving them their cut, you know? So uh, ultimately, I think it's going to be one of those things that their strategy, and I was reading an article about this, that they're they're definitely going to declare war on crypto here soon, right? They're Mm -hmm. going to say, we're going to crack down on it. But what they're they're going to do is they're going to try to go after stable coins. They're going to go after the means of trading that makes you to where you can trade in and out of cryptocurrency and build a lot of profit and not have to pay taxes and all that stuff. They're going to crack down heavy, heavy, heavy on that. And then they're going to make it uncomfortable to hold crypto, right? I think in this case, though, especially the other states that are trying to, uh, like, especially with Arizona, Mm -hmm. they're not going to let that happen. They're not going to want to let that happen. Uh, I think they're going to see that and try to shut that down as as fast as possible. But like Jeb said, I don't think this is a long-term Narrative. I think this is just uh, at, there's going to be another administration in the next you know ten years that's going to come through here and say you know what uh, I'm going to run on Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the thing is, like like Tim was saying too, I agree with everyone his takes. To be honest with you, is that saying hey you really can't stop it. You know people are going to end up doing it anyways, and then you can argue well you know maybe they'll go after the companies that offer the VPNs that mm-hmm. might they might try to get them to you know open up and give all the data away or whatever. But ultimately, I think it's going to be a futile effort, uh, and I think that at the end of the day. It's just a short-term negative that I think is going to end up uh, not working for them in the long run. At the end of the day, guys, it's FUD. And what is going to happen is that these states are going to adopt Bitcoin in some capacity. It's already happening, and it can't be stopped, and Bitcoin is here to stay. It really is that simple. There's going to be growing pains, but it is that simple. And the last thing I'll say about the states thing is what I am so grateful for, so grateful, because you guys know on this channel we don't really go into politics. 
I Bitcoin is not a conservative or liberal thing. It's not a Republican topic is not a Democrat topic. It is completely new. There are Republicans who support it. There are Democrats who support it. And and that whole concept of what May said with, you know, whatever this current administration does can be outdone by the next administration. And, and it doesn't matter whether it, the next president is a Democrat or the next president is a Republican or the next Senate is run by the, the conservative side, because at the end of the day, and we say that word a lot at the end of the day, Bitcoin is an unstoppable train and they're warming up to it. They understand it. So one of the smartest things I've heard was when who was I think I think it was Cruz when Cruz stood up and said, we need to stop talking about something we don't even fully understand. Guess what? Right now, there are a lot of politicians who are actually looking into crypto to understand the technology. Some of them are afraid of it. But the reason they're afraid of it is because they see its doom on their power coming up. And those who do not want to take power from people, they want the people to have what they want. They're warming up and saying, let's Mm. go ahead and do this. And that's what we're seeing in Arizona. That's what we're seeing in Texas. That's what we're seeing in Florida. That's what we're seeing in Wyoming is we're actually seeing politicians who care about people, Yeah, which is weird to it's say. It's rare. Politicians who care about some. people say, yeah. this is the future. You know the, you know the one that I love the most right now? I don't even know if he's going to win. Alan West. I loved listening to him talk about Bitcoin when I was doing some research on what, what these candidates have to say because he's not just talking about Bitcoin as, as – uh, currency. He's talking about the technology of blockchain as a whole. And he's talking about the technology of all the other cryptos. When we have politicians who understand the technology of crypto and they're pro, that is a massively bullish sign and a hopeful sign for the future of this country in crypto. It's a matter of time. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and read some super chats. I think we ought to start with Tom Wilkes is right here because it plays perfectly into this. He said, good morning, all. Am I missing something here? States aren't considering adopting Bitcoin as the legal tender, but as a legal tender. Is that not correct? There shouldn't be any constitutional issues there, IMO. Tom Wilkes, I am not a constitutional lawyer, so I have no idea, to be honest with you, but that makes sense to me. That's why I I was actually, I actually meant to mention that. I'm glad you brought it up. think that that's how states have been able to adopt Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in the ways that they already have as far as state and local governments. Um, But we're going to see where that goes. If this is something that the federal government tries to crack down on, I can almost guarantee you it'll go to the Supreme Court and we'll find out there. Yeah, the problem with the Constitution is the same problem that there is with the Bible is that people read it and interpret it the way that however they want to. Rather than the way it was meant to be written. (laughs) I I wish people would read everything the way it was meant to be written. Which is why I think it's going to be a pretty tough uh, battle there, uh, yeah. but they're trying to argue the semantics of it. Uh, Eric Leon said, do you think Bitcoin is in, a, is in an ascending wedge? I think it's in an ascending trading channel, but yeah. it basically means the same thing. Yeah. If it's in an ascending wedge or an ascending trading channel, then that both of those things tell us that Bitcoin is probably going to drop. Now, you could make an argument that Bitcoin is here in a symmetrical triangle pattern or an ascending triangle pattern, and you could say, okay, that's going to lead us to break to the upside. I do think we're going to have a little break to the upside. We might push all the way up to $40,000. I just don't think we're going to stay up there, well, in my and opinion. That's I think what we were saying, if you go back and watch the technical analysis we just did, is we are predicting very short time frames still up little like bigger than that but still small to the downside and then long term to the yep. upside Absolutely. uh we'll keep going on we got one from jay kaz saying it's challenging to tell the family bitcoin is better than fiat currency and is and also tell them only invest what you're prepared to lose any advice okay yeah that is a great question mm, tim yes. what do you think i want you to answer that yeah okay so <laughs> I, I had my brother-in-law call me, and if he's watching, I, I don't think he'd be watching, but sometimes he watches the show, so shout out to Trey if you're watching. Uh, you want to set your family up as smart as possible, uh, and, and so 
just have them go back and look at some history of the U.S. dollar. That will convince them, hey, I need to I need to go ahead and invest in Bitcoin. A, a great book. If you have not read it yourself, read it first yourself and then recommend them to read it. Even if you only read the first five, six chapters of uh, the Bitcoin standard. It is enough right there to make you convinced we need Bitcoin. And if it's not Bitcoin, it's going to be something else. But I would say start by doing the best you can to educate them. If they resist, continue. Just continue to educate, not to an annoying place, because there is a a level of like if you just beat them to death with knowledge about Bitcoin – They'll they'll get almost just so angry with it they they almost are resistant even when they think it does make sense. Uh, but the the second part of this also tell them only invest with your prayer to lose. I mean that's that's what you tell them. You you tell them hey what do you have to invest that if you lost right now you're fine with. And and that was the advice Jeb gave me. I guess I was a more trusting person than potentially the family members you're talking about. But the only thing you can do is lead this horse to water. If the horse doesn't want to drink yet because it's not thirsty then continue to wait and encourage them to do their research so that they become thirsty uh, for Bitcoin. But that's that's all you can do. You cannot, unless you hack their bank account and buy it for them, which I would not recommend, uh, that's all you can do. So here's my opinion on that. Number one, no matter what you're investing in, you should always give the advice, only invest what you're willing to lose. So that's not a knock against cryptocurrency. And if they, yeah. and if they think that's a knock against cryptocurrency, tell them, hey, look, if you're investing in stocks, if you're investing in real estate, if you're investing in bonds, if you're investing in baseball cards, if you're investing in cars, if you're investing in you know anything i would tell you don't invest more than you're willing to lose and number two if they don't understand that then that probably means that they don't have a lot of experience investing and they need to have their hand held and they need to be very careful so i will say if they have a lot of concerns and they are worried about the advice hey don't invest more than you're willing to lose they probably need to be very careful about what they invest in anyway because they should not be investing based off of your faith in the cryptocurrency space they should be investing based off of their own faith in the cryptocurrency space so if they're not comfortable investing don't force it on them but as tim said evangelize it and teach it to them and help them build that understanding that's the last thing i'll say there because you brought up a great point there almost the end of there and i'm going to carry it on also, I think too many people have been burned in crypto by hearing the stories like, I put $10 into this crypto and then it 1,000x. And, and it's like <laughs> too many people have heard stories of amazing outcomes so that they invest. And then when it doesn't happen the way they want it, yeah. they get discouraged and they want out. Don't set the stage so high for crypto. Yeah. Crypto is amazing. But make sure – I would also say make sure you're setting a proper, adequate stage. Things like – Using this, Bitcoin went up 60% last year. From January 1st to January 1st of 2021 to 2022, Bitcoin was up 60%, right? That wasn't 2x, it was 60%. But gold was only up 4%. So start start showing them the things like, hey, listen, if you're investing in stocks, it goes up by this. But look at how, you know, maybe it's not massively bigger, although usually it is. But set some modest scales for them to see this is actually a better investment than the stock market. This is better than investing in, you know, uh, S&P 500. Show them in increments how good it is, yeah. and then they'll fall in love with it and make their own decisions. It's a little bit like watching, you know, romance movies and thinking that that's the way it works. That's not the way it works. Yeah. You're gonna watch that movie and you're gonna get your expectations up, and you're gonna think, oh, it's always gonna be sunshine and rainbows, and then we're gonna kiss in the rain. It's gonna be great. We're gonna live forever. It is. It's gonna be amazing. And then that's not the way relationships work. But, you had but me. At, you had me at hello, Jeb. Yeah. You had me at hello. <laughs> you had me at <laughs> eye contact. You didn't even have to say hello, Kelly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, Aaron Evans said, Kelly Kellum, what do you think of the ADAX launch yesterday? 
Oh yeah, the ADAX launched their decks yesterday. Uh, uh, from what I saw, they rolled out, and I, what, what I what I found really interesting was at the top of the decks page, which I think is dex.adax.pro. Uh, what I really liked is the fact that you know, with all the controversy that happened around Sunday Swap uh, and the huge amounts of congestion, which not all the congestion is. Uh, Sunday swaps fault. Some of it has to do with Cardano, but uh, there are things that uh, that any coin can do or any project can do when they launch to reduce things as much as possible, reduce that sort of congestion as much as possible. And they went ahead and I think they did uh, somewhere between 90 and 120 nodes themselves just to help help with throughput. Uh, and then I also saw, I've been tracking along in their telegram group on, uh, on telegram, uh, for ADAX and, uh, the devs or the developers are basically tracking any small issues or suggestions. And I think that they're up to a list of about 60, uh, different things that they're going to be tuning up at user request. Uh, so one of the things I really like about that is the fact that the, the developers and the team are on top of like listening specifically to the users to make the best product possible. The, the price, did basically what almost every every project does is you have a, a, a bit of a run-up into the news and then once the news comes out there's a little bit of a sell-off and that shouldn't that shouldn't disincentivize every anybody that happens with nearly any project i mean think about coin uh yeah coinbase listing last year although that's a private company that was very tied in with the the, the idea and the sentiment and the thoughts around bitcoin uh same thing with the with the back uh the b-a-k-k-t backed uh released uh, uh back in 2017 2018 when backed released it was uh immediate uh I don't want to say reason, but that was basically a turning point in the market where Bitcoin dropped. Coinbase released, that was basically right when we had a big pullback on Bitcoin. ADAX just released their decks uh, yesterday, and they're working hard to continue to improve and build on it. Uh, and of course, the price sold off a bit, and that's just profit-taking. You can even look on the chart when you, if you go to X Markets or the centralized exchange, CEX.ADAX.pro, and you'll see that essentially there's a big run-up, uh, a fall, and then the price went back to basically take liquidity from people's uh, sell orders up at the 80 cent range. It came back down. Now it's at another great buy, buy, uh, buy point to basically go into now as the news comes out, you know, with the, I think they also announced yesterday that they, they announced a partnership with Cody and DJet as well. Uh, so it's, yes. it's an, I mean, it's one of those projects. I still have a long-term uh, outlook on it. And I think it's got a lot of great things coming up in the future, especially with all the developers looking at uh, really improving on, on user requests, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll transition one more super chat and then we'll get back into some technical analysis. I think is the theorem next. Yep. yep. Ethereum's coming up here in just a second, but uh, we answered this in chat. I think both Jeb and I did, but I think that everyone would benefit from the answer. Elliot Locke said, you mentioned liquidations when you put on in a long, can you still be liquidated when not using leverage or is that more like buying a coin and hodling? Yeah. So you can only be liquidated if you are in a leverage position, because what liquidation means is that the exchange forces you to sell so that you don't go into the negatives and you start costing them money. So I'm not going to go yeah. into exactly how that works works right now. But basically, if you're in a leverage trade, and let's say you're on 10x leverage, and you go down 10%, you multiply 10% times 10, because you're on 10x leverage, you're down 100%. The exchange ain't gonna let you go down 101%, because then they have to pay the extra 1% and they start losing money. So they do something called liquidating you and force you out of the trade. So if you bought, then they force you to sell. If you sold in a short, then they force you to buy. So if you're in a long trade, and um, you know you, you expect the market to go up, but it goes down too far, then they force you to sell. Mm -hmm. And that causes selling pressure. Now you can actually have the exact same effect with 
without liquidations. It's just not called a liquidation. So if the market's going down and people start selling, then that causes people to sell the market. That causes selling pressure. And it has the exact same impact. It's just not called a liquidation because leverage is not involved. So that's the way that works. But let's go ahead and jump on over to Bitcoin's chart very briefly. Then I want to show you something on Ethereum. This right here is the 12-month chart for Bitcoin. This is the one-year chart. Each one of these are basically yearly candlesticks. Take a look at the last 13, 12, uh, excuse me, candlesticks. One, Bitcoin's up 75 million percent. So, you know, that's not a bad rate of return on Bitcoin. You average that out. That's uh, insane. But this, there have only been two red years in the entire history of crypto. Right now, we're red this year just because, you know, it's a month into the year. But the fact is, we don't have red years very often. And then when we do, we have three years of green. This time, we saw 5,000 to 10,000 percent rally. This time we saw 1,200 to 1,500% rally, depending on where you measure from. So I just want to encourage you, don't worry too much about where Bitcoin is right now. When in doubt, zoom out. Everything's going to be just fine. Now, we're going to move through Ethereum pretty quickly because Ethereum actually looks virtually identical to Bitcoin right now. Had a major drop in a little bit of a bounce. I personally think it's a bear flag. If we draw this bear flag out and extrapolate it, oh, look, it brings us down to our low that we dropped back down to in June and July. That's literally the exact same thing that we're looking at on Bitcoin. Not a lot has changed here. We can take a look at Lux Algo, which, by the way, if you haven't gotten Lux Algo, you should sign up. The link's in the description box down below. Use coupon code JEB, J-E-B-B, for 20% off at checkout. There is no confirmed buy signal on daily chart. If you start going down the time frames, and then you start to find them down here. So the exact same thing we talked about on Bitcoin is happening down on the 12-hour, 8-hour, 6-hour, and 4-hour. There are confirmed uptrends in play, but those confirmed uptrends have not spilled over into the longer-term time frames. So yes, we're having a bit of a bounce, but we need to see a lot more confirmation. In fact, down here on the 4-hourly chart, you can see that we're in a rising wedge. Rising wedges typically break to the downside. We're technically also in a bear flag, and if we extrapolate that, as I said earlier, that does push us down to our local low of uh, $1,800, and it would make a lot of sense for Ethereum to go down. Down there. Now, a couple other things to take a look at on the longer term time frames. There are reasons to be bullish. For example, you can see that we do have some very ultra long term bullish RSI divergence going on right now. You can see it, I think, best out on the weekly chart, actually. On the weekly chart, you can see there are lower lows on RSI, higher lows on price action. So long as Bitcoin stay, or excuse me, so long as Ethereum stays above $1,800, then we have long-term bullish uh, RSI divergence, and that is going to be very helpful. And we also have bullet, a long-term bullish MACD divergence. Both of those things would be very helpful for allowing Ethereum to rally back up to $5,000 and beyond. So Ethereum looks like it is potentially, let me just run through the timelines right here because you can be bullish on one time frame and bearish on another. In the next two to three days, there's potentially some bullishness that will come into Ethereum. In the next two to three weeks, I think there's going to be some bearishness that will come into Ethereum as I think it'll drop down to about $1,800 in confluence, it's a Kelly word, with Bitcoin dropping down to $30,000. Then in the next three to six months, I think it will use those bullish RSI and MACD divergences to go into a major uptrend. And if you buy down around $1,800 to $2,000, I think you will be buying a solid dip. Tim, can I, can I, can I share something on that? Just I just want to right point ahead. something out on market cipher that, that it's a little bit rare to see, which I think is super bullish. Uh, and this is, uh, let me know if my chart came up. So on market cipher on Ethereum, this is what I want to point out. And this is when you're starting to see a, a I don't want to say a buy signal, but it's really painting that, 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 that environment that could be very much setting up for a solid buy in this term, just like uh, Jeb just said, uh, this is for a shorter term thing. This isn't saying buy and it's just going to go off here. Just in a smaller time frame on the four hour, you see, we have these massive anchor waves and each one of these trigger waves gets smaller and smaller. And then we have another green dot right here 
here. If you, you can barely see it, but there's a green dot here right on the four hourly chart. The money flow has come up. It came back down. Now it's start, the money flow is starting to come up. The VWAP is super bullishly sharp coming back, attacking the zero line coming above it. The RSI is headed up. So the fact that we have anchor, trigger, 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 smaller money flows coming up, VWAP's coming up and RSI is coming up. That's saying that at least for the short term, uh, maybe throughout the rest of this day, uh, we're setting up for a strong bullish move uh, with uh, Ethereum in this short term. So that's that's something that's anybody ever uses market cipher. That's what you want to see when you're trying to find a good entry. There you go. Boom. Well, guys, I'm going to go ahead and do a little bit of brief TA on uh, Cardano, one of our favorite projects here at the Crypto Jeb team. We are invested in Cardano and we are invested in Cardano because we believe in the project and we also believe in the founder, Charles Hoskinson. This project is a very, very, very powerful project. One of the most heavily developed cryptocurrencies in the entire ecosystem. In fact, there's an argument to be made that it is the most highly developed and most robust cryptocurrency ecosystem in the entire space, and it has not even fully gone online yet. It is a phenomenal project. Just a couple of things I want to show you here. I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail because we've talked about Cardano. It's in a similar place that it was last week, but right now there is bullish MACD and RSI divergence showing up on the daily chart. You can see it playing out right here. Uptrends on MACD, uptrends on RSI, downtrend on price action. That's great. That leads me to believe that Cardano is starting to find a bottom down around a dollar. That being said, if Bitcoin and Ethereum do drop in the way that we are expecting, then Cardano could easily drop down here to 80 cents, which is a level of support that we briefly set back around Valentine's Day of last year. I do think that Cardano could easily drop down to 80 cents, but that's not something that I would be concerned about because remember, technicals, excuse me, price action is downstream of fundamentals. The fundamentals of Cardano are absolutely ludicrously amazing. But the thing you have to realize with Cardano is that Cardano is coming online relatively slowly, and that's fine because it means that Cardano is not being built quickly, it's being built correctly. And it was it is a much better idea to build a cryptocurrency right and get it right the first time so that you don't have to go in and rewrite all the code and you don't have to go in and manually and centralize manner roll back the chain and reset transactions in case something goes down. <clears throat> uh, 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 Solana, you don't want to do that on Cardano. You want Cardano to be able to run in a fully autonomous, fully decentralized, self-governing fashion without it having to go through all of that pain of not being built correctly. So yes, it is coming online a little bit slower than the other projects, but that's because all the other projects jumped to market before the technology was ready. Cardano is doing it right, and that's why I love Cardano, and I do think it's a phenomenal project. The price, you know what, Jeb? I wanted to jump in there as Go well. Ahead. You know exactly with what you're saying. Uh, you know, it's interesting that all these DApps are rolling out, uh, the various DEXs are rolling out. There's uh, all kind of different projects that are building on top of Cardano right now, and it's not like they're playing catch up. They've already have scheduled, and they're already working on it uh, here in the next uh, uh, couple months. They're, they have the next upgrade that'll be uh, rolling out and deployed on the chain. I think it's called Hydra. Mm -hmm. And that's all about scaling. And that's all about preventing and addressing this congestion. And they're not doing this all of a sudden because they're congestion. They're doing this. They've already thought this through ahead. They're already working on this, which is really excellent to see uh, the, the project uh, thinking ahead like that and, you know, getting ready to roll these things out as, as, the, as the chains develop. They're not having to play catch up later uh, and have things fall to the wayside, which is excellent. You always want to see that from a uh, blockchain uh, when they're looking to the future. Yeah, absolutely. And one final thing I'll say on Cardano, and then we're going to jump into our super chats, is go watch Charles Hoskinson 
Robinson's interview over on Crypto Capital Venture, Dan's channel. He's a friend of the channel, Dan is. And we're actually, you know, working with Dan because he's a really good YouTuber. So make sure you go subscribe to him. But make sure uh, you go and watch that because Charles Hoskinson talks a lot about the things that are rolling out. Around 60 minutes into the interview, it's an hour and a half long. Around 60 minutes into the interview, he talks about uh, all of the updates that are coming to, uh, to Cardano. It is absolutely insane what's going on behind the scenes, even during the downtrend. That has not phased the Cardano development team at all. It is, in my opinion, the most, the, the best fleshed out system in the entire crypto space. Tim, do you have any thoughts on that? You seem to be smiling a little bit. I'm, I'm smiling at chat in, uh, in <laughs> one of the things that Matt C, it has nothing to do with crypto. Uh, Matt C, you're funny. Uh, no, when it comes to Cardano, I think that what's been said has been said. I think that at this point, people are either Cardano fans fundamentally or they're not. You know, I'm even seeing in chat. Shout out to all the haters. Even though we disagree with you, you know, you have you have good reason to be skeptical. Some of you have been burned by Cardano. Cardano is down almost 70. Is it actually down 70 percent? I, I haven't done the, the metric on that, but it's down a lot. You know, I think a lot of people have been burned by the price action of Cardano and it's forced them to become very negative about the actual technology of Cardano. I am expecting here over the next couple of months for people to be surprised. I think that Cardano is very solid. I think that I think one of the things that makes Charles so special is his disdain for talking price. He just doesn't care. Whereas other people, other creators seem to be, you know, they seem to freak out or get really happy based off of price. If the price is going down, they get like antsy. If the price is going up, they're like, oh, yeah, see, we told you. Whereas I love how Charles, if the price shot to $5 tomorrow, he would not have any different thing to say about it. He doesn't care. If it's now, you know, down being a, a dollar, down 70%, he's like, I just don't care. Uh, that is somebody who is way more worried about the technology of what he's building than about glory and fame of the of the dollar cost. Uh, so for that reason, I am very bullish on Cardano. It is also, from a technical analysis standpoint, it, it's the only one that I'm seeing of the major movers that has already set it, it set up its bullish da uh, bullish daily RSI divergence. It's done it on the four hourly chart, the hourly chart. Like it is sitting in this spot that I do think I agree with the thing we talked about last Friday, where I think Bitcoin needs to move first before other altcoins start to explode. But Cardano, from a technical standpoint, is building up everything it needs to on the charts to rally back up to go back. You know, it's not going to hit all-time high here in the next couple weeks, but watch it outpace other cryptos because it's sitting there ready for it. And the developers, they're just chugging along, building it to be the best thing they can. They're completely un... They just don't care about price. Charles Hoskinson is Elon Musk in 2005. That's all I got to say. He's going to be a very... He's going to Charles Hoskinson will probably get the cover of Time Magazine one day. That yeah. dude, you you, you want to look at people to pay attention to for the next decade? Charles Hoskinson is one of the people on that list. That man is going to be one of the most influential people on the planet here in the next 10 years. But let's go ahead and read some super chats. Yeah, we got one here from, let's see. Well, it didn't translate over yet. You know, there was a chat that was put here earlier. So I'll read that while I'm waiting for this super chat to be transferred over. Chaz, uh, shout out to Chaz, very, very loyal follower. been following for a while. He said, thoughts on the Chinese New Year, New Year this week? Yeah, that's a good point. Chinese New Year always brings about a lot of price action on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. To be honest with you, I'd have to go back and look at the historical analysis of what it does to the price. People are always, every single year, this is the, 
fifth Chinese New Year or fourth fourth or fifth Chinese New Year I've been in cryptocurrency for, people always make a big deal out of it and it always lasts for about a day and then nobody cares anymore. So it's normally not something. It's something that every single year the news and the press picks up on and says, oh my gosh, the Chinese New Year's coming. Y- yeah, okay, cool. Everybody's going on holiday over in China. What does that have to do with the price? I don't. It's never really made sense to me. Maybe I'm missing something. I have not personally seen it make that big of an impact on the cryptocurrency uh, markets though. All right. We had one super chat that just came in here a second ago, so I'm going to read that one. Or actually, we have two now. Uh, one from Mark Joe159 saying, thoughts on Kava and staking it? I am not familiar with the project, so I can't really give you any insight on that one. Yeah. Siobhan, Siobhan Goley said, which one has strong fundamentals, Luna or ADA, and why? Both. They both That's have true. very strong fundamentals. They do fundamentally different things. So um, you're comparing apples to oranges there if you're saying which one is better. Now, you didn't say that, but some people will do things like that. Luna is an algorithmic stablecoin platform. It is the first of its kind that has become that successful, and it is a ridiculously strong project, and I'm a big fan of Luna. I actually want to load up my bags a little bit more on it. Cardano is the future of decentralized applications and blockchain. Like Cardano is going to be used in everything from government to uh, NFTs to uh, exchanges to just everything is going to be built on Cardano. Cardano is just, Cardano is the future of blockchain and it is going to give Ethereum a run for its money if Ethereum doesn't manage to get its crap together because if Ethereum keeps pushing off ETH 2.0 and they still, and it takes forever for them to really get their system running the way they need to, Cardano is going to end up doing very well. In fact, I'm not going to make this prediction, but I am going to say it's a possibility that Cardano could surpass Ethereum one day. Oh, yeah. Cardano is built on a much, much, much more stable foundation. If both of those projects had launched at the exact same time, Cardano would easily be the number two cryptocurrency right now. The only reason Cardano is not is because Ethereum has first mover advantage. To clarify, you mean by market cap, guys? By market cap. By market cap. The supply does not make it possible. They have have different circulating supplies, but by market capitalization, yes. Yeah, I think something's going to be really interesting to see. Is this the year of ETH 2.0 or does that get pushed to 2023? Yeah, uh, that'll be fun to watch. Uh, you know, we had another one that just came in here a second ago from Crypto Set Guy. Uh, first on the cover, Cincinnati Bengals, then Charles Hoskinson. <laughs> and he specifically is shouting out Matt C. Uh, Jeffrey, are you a Bengals fan or are you? I thought you were a Chiefs fan. Or I something. would love a bagel right Maybe now. he's just saying that because he got beat by the Bengals. And uh, now he just wants to stick it to Matt C. I had some oatmeal this morning, but I would love a bagel. A bagel. Can we get a bagel after the stream, Tim? I don't eat bagels. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Well, there you go. Is that all of our? Is that all? That's all the super chats we have. We got through all of them, guys. Thank you so much for your super chats and thank you so much for your likes, guys. We are five likes away from a thousand likes. Let's smash those like button. That like button. I know we can get to a thousand likes, guys. If you enjoyed today's stream, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Why should you do that? I'll tell you because we are trying to help you achieve something called financial sovereignty. What does that mean? It doesn't mean this corrupted term of financial freedom. Go and buy a forty million dollar house. Go and buy a yacht. Go and buy a Lambo. Go and buy a Gulfstream five fifty and flex on all of your friends because that. That's what's going to bring you fulfillment, getting 500,000 likes on Instagram. That's not what brings you fulfillment. Living in your purpose is what brings you fulfillment. I believe that's God-given. That's what our mission statement here is at the company, to help you live out a purpose-driven life because that's where you're going to find true joy and fulfillment. And the way that we want to help equip you to live out that purpose-driven life is by having something that we call financial sovereignty. Financial sovereignty means having control over your finances and more importantly, not more importantly, but also over the financial systems in your life rather than the financial systems such as the government, the banks, the credit card companies, and all of the uh, debt collection agencies. Instead of them having control over you, instead of your debt having control over you, instead of your limited bank account having control over you, I want you to have control over your money because it should be in service to you. You should not be in service to your money. That's what we mean when we 
say hashtag FinSov, that's what we mean when we say hashtag financial sovereignty is you having control over your money so that you can go live out the purpose-driven life that God has called you to. If that's something that you can stand behind, then subscribe to the channel because I do firmly believe, and I don't think this is prideful for me to say, I think we've proven this. I believe that we're the number one technical analysis and fundamental analysis and on-chain analysis channel here on YouTube. And if you want to get content every single day relating to those three areas, this is the right place for you. Subscribe to the channel. You won't regret it. Let's go ahead and read these final super chats, and then we're going to wrap it out. Yeah, we got one here from Aman. Oh, God, goodness. I'm thinking he just put this here just so I had to read it. <laughs> Aman Mershad. 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 Okay, I'm reading it's it wrong. It's an I. Mershad. 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 I saw a J. Right, if you had a thousand dollars, Iman Mashahi. Mashahi. If you had a thousand dollars to invest, eighty-eight or Polygon. I would um, split it. <laughs> I would split it. Yeah. yeah, I think both of them are great projects. I the, okay. So I'm going to give you two answers. Number one, invest in your education before you invest in either one of those. If you've already done that, then great. The number that came to mind is seven hundred and eighty-eight, three hundred in Polygon. I don't know why. That's just the first thing that came to mind. So I'll just tell you what my off-the-cuff answer was. But at the end of the day. I'm not your financial advisor. I don't know your risk tolerance. I don't know your time horizon. I don't know what kind of projects you're invested in. I don't know what you understand. If, you, if you're really understanding Polygon and Matic, uh, Polygon Matic, or if you're really understanding Cardano ADA, which one you really understand, you're really following is the one you should invest in because they're both good projects. Hmm. And that's, I think... Mike Markle donated five bucks, said bagels on me. Thank you very oh much, Mike. Gosh. And then Massey donated ten bucks, said, coffee. I got the coffee. Let's go, man. I need some coffee. I'm about to go get some coffee. There's, there's nothing like a boiled donut. There's nothing like it's a, a bagel. Bo- nothing like a boiled donut. You heard it here first, folks. Go get yourself a boiled donut, and we are going to go ahead and wrap out the stream, guys. Thank you so very much for watching. Make sure to follow us on our social medias at Crypto Jeb everywhere, at Crypto Jeb on Twitter, at Crypto Jeb on Instagram, at Crypto Jeb official over on TikTok. You can also follow us at Crypto Jeb over on Facebook, and make sure to sign up for TradingView Premium and Lux Algo. Those two go together like a nice peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You can't have one without the other, so make sure you sign up for both of those. You help to support the channel and all the operations that we do here behind the scenes to bring you high quality education educational and informational content every single day. We very much appreciate you tuning in. Before we go, though, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always, and I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at McAfee Media.